Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by ThorMX. Thanks to the guys at ThorMX for coming on board. Um, my two favorite people in the world. Wow. Really the only two guys that are on the line right now for me to say that. So uh, none other than Jason Wygant. Yeah. And David Pingree. Ping, what's up? Hey, just living the dream. Just finishing yeah. out uh, teaching some students from what I understand. Yeah, working with my guy, uh, Styles Robertson, who is a Thor athlete. Perfect. Uh, so there you go. And his name is Styles. Right. That's, yeah, that's legit. Yeah, with a Z. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, did you see Derek Anderson out there, or did you just poop on him and keep walking? No, I actually, I, I ran out of time. I, I uh, didn't even get a chance to go over there. Oh, it's okay. like super cross central out there, man. There's the... Milestone track and then the Rockstar track is kind of tucked away in the corner. Like, oh, okay, a lot going on out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, um, Racer X Online editor, my boss. Uh, hope you're happy with the Geneva Supercross reports. Yeah, they're solid. Um, I just hate that I had to actually work for five minutes on Saturday and Sunday to post, and that kind of hurt. But right. Brayton won, so it made it a little bit easier to stomach. Yeah, big bro down with me and Brayton between Bercy yeah. and Geneva. Ridiculous. How do you feel about that, Weed? I mean, Steve's kind of stepping in and, and uh, I don't know. Yes, I was very upset. Um, when I went to the shop on Monday, Brayton was not there. I was hoping to, you know, try to like, get back in yeah. the game, and they said he was really tired from traveling cross-country, so I had no choice but to call him yesterday just to try to, hey, man, remember me? Yeah. But um, I could tell something – I feel like something's changed. I'm not sure what it is. I'm, I'm not sure what went on between you guys, but I, I don't know. I'm getting a strange vibe. I'll, I'll, um, I'll tell you what. Um, when Ping, you know, we, you went to Bercy, so you, you may remember. You went to Bercy years ago, but there is nothing but downtime at those races. I mean, you are just sitting in a lawn yeah. chair waiting. And it's set up, like the events are set up. Like It's not really convenient to hang out like at a Supercross race with, Semi trucks and all these hangers, honors, and everything. But it is like perfectly, like you said, it's like here's an empty lawn chair and here's their 10 by 10 pit box. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Mechanics, riders, yeah. just there's only so many times you can it. check the seat bolts. You, you should have, uh, you know, like made Brayton a nice slow cooked meal throughout mm-hmm. the day. And that way I could have made a joke today that you uh, you were crock walking on uh, week. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good one. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, I had to fabricate it all right now. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, didn't like Mike Brown for years. He always punted Kelly Smith off the track. He always seemed to be way more aggressive and faster than any rider I worked for in the class. And I always felt like it wasn't needed. And then, of course, the Langston Brown shootout where nobody liked anybody on either team. 
and and you get you ping. You know what that gets like where you have a rivalry for no reason, but it just gets that way. Yeah. Um, and then this year at Washugo, Brownie rode great. I walk up and I say, "Hey, can I get an interview from you?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, sure, no problem." He's like, uh, "I listen to your podcast all the time," and I just and of course, you know, that's the quickest way to my heart besides feeding me. And uh, me and Brownie become buddies, and and then he was at Geneva and just bro downtown with Mike Brown. Um, we watched. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He. So he probably had no idea that you didn't like him, but he listened to these podcasts, so he just found that out now? Uh, yeah, maybe. No, no, I told him. I've told yeah. him. I said, Brownie, you used to piss me oh. off. I used, to, I used to get really mad at you because, for one, your pro circuit mechanic, the guy from England, was a real jackass. And uh, and then also, too, you parked Kelly Smith all the time because Kelly was a good starter. And here comes Brown. Here comes Mike Brown. And, uh, you know, he would usually just in his get out of my way, Kelly, and punt him. So – and I was always like, Brown, did you have to do that? You would have got by him. You didn't need to do that. It happened more times than not. And um, anyways, so major, major downtime with, with Mike Brown uh, in Geneva. We watched 94 Pontiac when he won his first ever 125 Supercross win. He, uh, we watched that. Track was ruddy as all hell. And, and he won, and he had no mechanic that night. He was there by himself in a white van. So he came across the finish line and was pumping his fist and looking over, and I'm like, who are you looking at? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody was there for me. There was no one with me. I don't <laughs> I was, know. I was a fan. I was there by myself when I won the main event. <laughs> what? I'll tell you what, man. I, I, you know, I, I'm not real close with Brownie. We obviously know each other and just yeah. say hi when we see each other. But I, I've got, I know he's won a national championship and he's won a bunch of races, but the longer he goes, I just get more and more impressed with the fact that he's still competitive. Like, yeah, it's crazy to me at his age. How old is he? Forty? Forty-one, I think. Yeah, he's forty-one now. I yeah. mean, it's one thing to still be able to ride well. I can go out and I still ride okay, but man, I, I it is not in me to like take the chances you've got to take to race and yeah, jump ruddy triples and you know. Whatever he's doing now, he's just on Baja, like wide open through the desert. I mean, just it's crazy to me. He's still competitive uh, yeah. and, and gnarly. A lot of respect. Um, yeah. Cap, no, and uh, man, like uh, he's just such a cool guy. I always pictured him as an intense, intense guy. And, and uh, um, man, he was really cool. We were shooting the shit. He's telling me old stories about racing Bradshaw at Muddy Creek. He was telling me uh, just. Whatever you know, anything we need, we're just bullshitting the whole time. It was, it was. I like Mike Brown now. I really like Mike mm. Brown. Yeah, not more than Brayton, but you know, he's in there. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, who who bought you a couple meals over the last couple weeks? Oh uh, no. yeah, JB did. But I actually ended up repaying the favor a few times when he when I bought him a couple things when he had no uh, no Swiss francs on him or Swiss whatever they use. Um. Hey, no, what about that makes you a better man than I? I would have never gone to that level. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't believe me. Your your ears were probably we, we just we just burned his best friends over a few dollars. <laughs> your ears. Oh, hey, wait, throw me a couple bucks for a tip here. I'm out. Uh no, we're not friends anymore. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm leaving. Who who are you? Weej, I'm sure your ears your <laughs> ears your ears were probably buzzing a couple times in the weekend uh, as we recounted stories here and there and and made jokes at your expense. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. I only the, the only thing that could have made it better is if you could ever get Coy to go over to one of these events. I cannot even imagine 
Mm-hmm. Cannot yeah. even imagine the gold. Coy, for folks, I don't know, Coy Gibbs is one of those guys. He has an opinion and knowledge on every topic <laughs> under the sun on God's green earth. Right. There is nothing he cannot discuss. Like, you want to know how to make the binding on books better, how a DVR should work better. Like, there is nothing he does not have an opinion on. This right. week his gem was that you have to set the temperature in your house to 69 degrees year-round because nightmares in your children are caused by temperatures of 70 degrees or hotter. They will not have nightmares. <laughs> You set that temperature below seventy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that true, or is this just a, a true in his head? I, I I can't tell, man. This it's like what is the yeah. what is the cow of koi? Are these things true, know. or is it like? But I he sounds crazy, but he's actually right. After hanging out with Brayton and, and his mechanic Patty on the weekend, I said, "Start writing this shit down because it sounds like <laughs> he's got, like you said, he's got something for everything." Although Brayton says. That most everything sucks. Like that's, you know, it, no matter what you're talking about, Coy says that person or that subject sucks. So, oh, everybody's an idiot. Right, right, right. I've said that to him. Like, you know, you start every story with that guy's an idiot. And he's like, well, yeah, but 90% of the people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> on Earth? Yes, on Earth. On Earth. 90, yes, out of the population. What are 7 billion people? Yeah. So about 6.3 billion idiots. Uh, he's classic. Yeah, he's classic. Um, uh, anyways, the, the, the Geneva Supercross came and went and, uh, man, Brayton's good at these things, man. Like he, everybody brings up the Larry Ward thing and everybody talks to him about it. And he always says, yeah, everybody says it, but it's true. Ping, you weren't in Larry Ward's heyday, but you were in the 125 class with him a lot and you saw him beat straight up, beat guys that were better than him in America. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know what the what with him. If it was just the, there was no pressure, uh, if he liked the ruddy, sticky dirt with tighter, tighter kind of confined stadiums. I don't know what it was, but he just got over there and flipped the switch. You know, like uh, it couldn't even be the tight tracks because he used to win the uh, Zapparides race, which was really big. Yeah, outdoor, Zapparides yeah. and Alien. That was like a outdoor, outdoor yeah. Supercross. You know, it was fast and high speed, so. He just got over there, and he was another. He was a different man. He was like the McGrath of Europe. Yeah, and but then he come over here and not do badly, but he was not the same guy. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's weird. And, and Brayton, Brayton looked pretty good, man. Uh, no doubt, you know. And it's interesting to talk to him uh, on and off the record about different stuff uh, about the coming back to JGR. But I think one thing that we can talk about for sure is. That James Stewart thing was a disaster. There's no doubt. It was terrible. But had James Stewart not been there, their th- improvements to the bike would not have happened. And and Brayton and Josh Grant are benef- benefactors to the Stewart thing. So Stewart's legacy at JGR, maybe not a great one, Weege, but uh, one that does include improvements to the bike. Yeah, and they'll never say a bad word about him, I can tell you that. Never, ever. Never hear anything. It's all good. 100% positive. No, Braden even said, uh, even the tires, for example. You know, it's always been a little controversial over there because they run Pirellis, and they've pretty much always been the only team running them. So that's always a source of controversy when everyone winning the races is pretty much on Dunlaps. But Brayton feels that, uh, you know, that's one of the big areas, that, mm-hmm. you know, working hard to get to Stewart where Stewart wanted made those tires better. And obviously that, that gas tank shroud combination, um, too, 
But um, are they you know, still running that? Are they all running the? Yeah, they're all going to run it. Yeah, they are now. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That bike's really fat in the tank area, so I gotta think anybody jumps on it and likes that setup better. I can't. I've never heard a guy go. You know, it needs to be fatter right here in the tank. Like this needs to bow my legs out an enormous amount. Um, no. Yeah, Hello? that's just yeah. an example. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, we, I'm waiting for uh, why I get the. I was trying to come up with a fatter in the tank joke. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, so um, it's as wide as an actual tank, literal tank, right there. It's like there sitting on. It's like that's sitting on. You know, like a, a like a, basically like a barrel between your legs. Essentially. Basically, um, and and I would not be surprised in talking to my sources that the 2014. Yamaha 450 is exactly that that combo, but in plastic with the plastic tank and everything. That is Yamaha's exactly goal. what combo? What do you mean? The tank and shrouds that JGR have developed. Oh, you're going to see that in production. Well, I, I've heard we're going to see a whole new bike. No, I don't think about that. I don't. I, I don't think so. Mm. Mm. Um. Anyways, um, moving on from that. Big news this week, uh, Ivan Tedesco signed with Team Tedder. Um, and one of the Tedders is going back to school. So one of the Tedders looks like he's hanging it up, but Dakota is uh, going to be on the team. His uh, negotiations probably were tough and gnarly, but in the end he decided to re-up with Team Tedder. And, uh, and Ivan Tedesco, though, um, what, what do you think about this, Ping? I think it's good. I think it's good for everybody. Um, you know, the – as you and I talked about a little bit before, um, I think Miles was the kind of the one whose maybe heart wasn't in it 100%. So he's doing the right thing, you know, going back to school. And um, Dakota's got a passion for it. He's made a lot of improvement. I mean, the guy's, um, you know, making points. That, you know, where he first started out, he wasn't qualified for nationals. And now he's, um, you know, it's going well. So to add Tedesco to the team, you know, legitimizes their effort. Quite a bit, I would say. And uh, for Ivan, he's back on a pro circuit, Kawasaki, which is you know, where he's had a lot of success and he's comfortable. And yeah. uh, Ivan's a guy that can jump right in, and he'll he'll be he'll be in the top ten. You know what I mean? That's nothing to sneeze at. So, that gets for both of them. It's like a lot what we talked about a little bit on the Pulp Show ping. He's just gotta. I mean, you gotta admire his, his the way he pushes it, but it in the end it ends up with him on the ground and getting hurt, and he has to stop that or avoid that, but it's in his DNA, huh? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of like um, quitting. It's kind of like what Morris has just did. You know, look in the mirror and go, you know what? Oh, I want to go. I still want to race. I know I could do good. I, uh, but this is what's best for me, you know? Yeah. And I think for a guy like Ivan, he's got to – one day just have a good conversation with himself in the mirror and say, look, I'm not winning races anymore. I mean, it's just that window of opportunity is not there. It's gone. Uh, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me saying that. I mean, he's just, you know, he's at the tail end of his career and great rider, great guy, super hard worker, but well, is I he going to outride Villapoto? I mean, well, no, but there's nothing wrong with not winning. He can be a 5 to 10th place guy. What he can't yeah, be... So, so yeah. if he's still enjoying it and he wants to be there, cool. Set right. your goals or, you know, to, you know, you just got to be a little more realistic with your goals. I think that's the bottom line. Everyone and I think our, up yeah. to now he's still kind of told himself, okay, I can, 
man, I'm going to be on that podium. I'm, I could get a win, you know. You think he has? You think he has? I don't know. I don't know. I think going into the season, that's where his head's at. I, I doubt he's out grinding out road bike miles going, okay, top ten this year. You know, I don't think yeah. that's the case. Right. He, he doesn't He doesn't operate like that, you know. He sets his goals very, very high, and I think he'll go down in a, you know, yeah. ragged style of Ivan and dirt bike you know, I, all go on together than just back it off and finish tenth. I hate to say this. You guys are going to get on me, and the listeners are going to get on me. But it's true to an extent. You got to reinvent yourself, like a Tim Ferry, right? Oh jeez. Okay, I mean, no. Stay with me. Like, just a solid veteran. You're not gonna win. You're gonna ride well. You're gonna stay on two wheels. You're gonna help with testing. You're gonna, you know, once you become the old guy, and and Larocco was it for years, and then he retired, and Timmy became it. You have a certain segment of people that pull for you, but you've got to stay on the track, and you've got yeah. to put the results in. There's well, a, there's you know, a, that, I, I think that goes hand in hand with what I what I said is is you've got to have that talk with yourself and go, okay, okay I'm not yeah, yeah. I'm not a, a winner anymore. I'm not going to win. Get that out of my head. You're here's, a loser. What can I do? Here's, here's what's yeah. realistic. I right. can be a fifth place guy. My goal is to be top five, and I'll be solid every week. I'm going to do a lot of great testing work for the team. I was an awesome test rider. Bones at Pro Circuit says the best test rider he's ever had. Um, so Ivan's got, obviously, a lot of experience, a lot of talents and qualities that, um, you know, make him very value, valuable to a team. He's, you know, well-liked with fans and stuff. So he does bring a lot to the table. But, yeah, I think you're right. He does need to sit down and reinvent himself and go, okay, who am I now? Like, where do I need to be? What? How do I get what I want out of this? You know, and figure that out. Um, yeah. So he's not a winner anymore, Ping. So you're saying he's a loser, right? Well, that that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I I'm joking. You know what I mean. I'm joking. I know. Um, That's only in Ricky Bobby terms. Right. Right. Um, what do you think, Weege? What's your thoughts on that? Well, you have to look at the team he has ended up on here, Team Tedder. Okay, so. You know, obviously had Ivan had a lot of uh, bidders, I'm sure, when he won a bunch of life titles, and he went to Suzuki, and that was really Suzuki's heyday. I mean, he was right there with Carmichael when they were spending a lot of money and a lot of effort. That probably didn't go the way he wanted due to injury. Then he went to Team Honda, which you could argue is doing better than that. That didn't quite go the way he wanted. Had some injuries. Did get, did get a win for him, at least, uh, at Colorado. Then it was Valley. Didn't quite work out. Hart and Huntington. Basically, if you look at the trajectory, it's getting um, lower and lower. So perhaps Team Tedder, now that they have Ivan, perhaps they are stepping up. Maybe it's a higher-end Team Tedder than we're used to seeing. But at the same time, when you're at that level, it does seem a little bizarre. Like, man, you were on the same exact stuff Carmichael had five years ago. And then you were on Team Honda three years ago. Now you're on a Team Tedder. Where's this going? Well, here, here's so, the thing, though, and I, I've yet to see, obviously, we haven't seen his bike or heard what equipment he's on, but there isn't a lack of funds at Team Tedder, Weech. So that means he's going to get the very best stuff Pro Circuit makes. That means if they want, uh, at a minimum, a kit suspension with all the bells and whistles and anything and everything you can get done to it, I mean, he's, that's what he's going to have. So, no, it's not that's the not bad equipment. equipment he's going to have. It's the... Now you're Ivan Tedesco, and you essentially go to every established team in the sport, and they're just like, sorry, man, 
sorry. Just not interested anymore. We love you. You're a good guy. We're glad to have you when we had you, but it just ain't working. You know what I mean? And that's got to be hard to stomach. At one point, you had Factory Suzuki, Factory Honda, Carmichael saying, this is the guy I want. And now you have pretty much every established team saying, sorry, bud. So that says a lot right there. Well, I mean, but... That's but, but, the reality of the sport. It is the reality of the sport. It is the reality of the sport, but put in some injury-free top 10 in points seasons, and maybe he's, yep. he gets back. Maybe he moves back. On a, on a related note, talking about older guys, I don't, I'm looking out my window right now, and for like a long time now, there's like two guys that are like my age, and they go out on my street, and they throw a Frisbee and a football back and forth to each other, and I just want to yell out the window, get a job. What are you guys doing? Like, they look, they're capable. They they look normal. Dudes, they're like my age, like I said, late 30s. And all they do is throw a football or a Frisbee back and forth all like for hours on my street. At the same time or Frisbee no, and football no, together? No, 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 yeah. One day football, one day Frisbee. They, they switch it oh, up. Oh, okay. First of all, A, Hi. how boring is that? Okay, first of all, first of all. Um, That's why you switch it up. That's why you switch it up. And B, get a job. What are you guys doing out there? Like they're kind of yelling and stuff like – I don't get it. I don't know. You have to blame yourself. You, hey. know, you chose to live in Las Vegas. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. Well, Matt, this is not going to smoke itself. I mean, those guys got to, you know, <laughs> yeah. dig in and get to work. Okay. All right. Moving on. Um, right. <laughs> Weege, uh, you and I were having this conversation on IM, and uh, uh, Brock Tickle, Michael Lessie, you spoke to Tony – Alessi for something maybe you're working on. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's always a good time talking to Tony. And and then next oh, thing yeah. you know, you're very upset on, on IM and you're you're much like I am. Um but um yeah. I I know, and I know people are gonna think I'm crazy for doing this, but I did allow by talking to Tony Alessi, Tony Alessi, I did I don't know I don't know if it's drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever you want to call it. But he did make some valid points. And I, ha- I really shudder to think that I'm about to say the words. I started to come around to Tony Alessi's line of thinking. <laughs> but this actually started. I mean, that is, that's so much. I, I think we just drew up a noise quote for the next issue. We each. <laughs> I hesitate to I'm say I'm coming around to Tony's way of thinking. God help us. But what happened was I did a story this week. I was looking at how. Josh Hansen and Brock Tickle's last couple of years have been strangely intertwined. They were teammates. Um, they were battling for the Westlife title. Then we heard that Hanny was trying to get in Tickle's head and talking trash on him. And then it all went bad for Hanny. And then Tickle ends up at Anaheim 1 last year on the uh, okay. first ever Pro Circuit 450. So and Hanny does an interview saying, I, what's that? Your column, your column is where you started this, that, that, uh, that 450 words or whatever? Is that yeah. sort of – okay, that was the start of it. Yeah, so I, I did this whole column about it, and I was looking at their results. I was comparing Hanson and Tickle's results in Supercross last year. And then what jumped out to me was there was Mike Alessi, who no one is talking about going into Supercross this year. No one. Like, here's how Lily's being talked about. The reason I had to call Tony was to get a quote for Mike. We, we picked – we're doing a Supercross program, and for each track we have a rider weigh in on um, – like what the track's like, what the dirt's like, the atmosphere. And I had actually forgotten to put Mike in there to the last minute. I'm like, oh, shit, I totally forgot Alessi. When it comes to Supercross, Alessi's not on anyone's hype list. And then I looked at the results. He 
was phenomenally better than Tickle in Supercross last year, which I'm sure most people forget. And then as good as Tickle was outdoors, outdoors is really where Tickle earned his ride for next year. But unless he was way better than him again. But I feel like there's way more hype, way more talk about Tickle. He's got Carmichael. He's got a factory Suzuki. JGR was going after him. He had multiple bidders. But at pretty much every single race last year, maybe excluding three or four, Michael Lessie was better than Tickle. And I guarantee you nobody's talking about Michael Lessie right now. He really wasn't that bad at Supercross. Monster Energy Company was even better. Hmm. So I brought this up to Tony. So is, is Tony bitter that he didn't get that H&H ride, or are they where they at, they're at? Or, uh, or is he just yeah, pointing out a fact that hey, like, we're, we're better than Tickle on, on the scoreboard and no one's talking about us, we're talking about Tickle? No, it was completely about support. It was why would – look at what we did on a Suzuki. Why did all that work stuff go to Brock Tickle and Hart and Huntington? We've outperformed Hart and Huntington and Brock Tickle week in, week out. Why is this the case? And since I had just looked through all those results, I was like, uh, hmm, it's a lot harder. Well, what you need to do is tell Tony to put all the results down, and now look at if there was a a scale of drama. A mirror? Look at a mirror? Shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, how can, you know, how can, and I like Tony, he used to not like me, but um, how can he possibly... Like it's not in a in a bubble, you know what I mean? It's not just a results thing. It's 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 right. so much more than that. But I mean, yeah. And it wasn't and like Mike was looking for year, a ride, right? Last year, all summer long, he said we we're looking for work stuff. Metcalf and Stewart are out. Why won't Suzuki give us stuff? They have stuff made. They probably have a truck somewhere with the stuff in it. Why won't they give it to us? And it was <laughs> so. It was like Back to the Future. Like the photo had faded. I'm like, um, you were on that team a couple of years ago. You burned, you incinerated every bridge within Suzuki you could possibly have. How are you forgetting this? It was only three years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. So clearly that's a factor. I can't say I agree with Tony's line of thinking on the why didn't we get the Suzuki stuff. I mean, it's just not going to happen. They, 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 lay, they created that bed and now they're lying in it. But I do feel like Michael Essie's totally forgotten about coming into Supercross this year. What do you guys think? Well, first of all, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, but let's let's not forget who was tooting the Alessi horn all summer for designation spots, and I mean, when yeah, everyone but motocross, yeah, but everyone was talking shit on him. So if anybody can appreciate him, it's me. Okay, all right, that's first off. Um, uh, pretty sure I called the podium at Hangtown, and he was on it. None of you guys were giving him a podium. Not. Yeah, I think that was pink fish. I threatened to People burn. People are not talking shit on Alessi this summer. I threatened to burn no. down Team USA's compound if Mike wasn't on the team. That's how passionate <laughs> I was. And then I was, I was then asked at 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 Lomo if I had any matches, and may I hand them over? So well, here's here's the thing, Weeds. To to your point, when he he did have a great year last year, best year he's ever had, no question. But there was a lot of guys out, so uh, I think. The reason he gets overlooked right now, because if you go to Anaheim with a full gate of healthy guys, uh, you know he's still he's still a tenth. You know what I mean? He fifth to tenth at best. Um, he he doesn't have Villapoto's speed indoors. He just does not. Yeah, but here's uh, what I'm getting at: if he's tenth, then Tickle's fifteenth. <laughs> like, right, I right. think in the minds of everyone, Tickle is above Alessi, at, at least the same, if not above him. Plus, now he's got Carmichael. Plus, it's a new team. Plus, he's got the same bike as Stewart. 
But Alessi in Supercross, not even Alessi's specialty, beat him just about every single week. He outscored him by, I think, 29 points. Did he really beat him every single week, though, you think? Was it that much? It was that much of a beatdown? I don't have the results in front of me, but... Dude, 29, 29 well, points. Do you, think, do you think that Pickle's yeah, going to come please. in and, and, like, top five it? I mean, where, where do you think Pickle's going to be? Because I, I, I think he'll, he'll he's gonna, he'd be right there with Alessi. That's what I would say. Yeah, Hello? I think everybody considers him at the same. I, I, I don't think, I think, if anything, Alessi will be better. He'll be the same or Alessi will be better. But I think, in general, people think it will be the exact opposite. I had to, I do there will be more people. There will be more people talking about Brock Schiffer going to Anaheim one. And how do you think he's going to do than Alessi? Even though Alessi has proven to be better, and probably will still continue to be, in my opinion. I mean, Monster Energy Cup. Alessi was in the mix, like he was in the mix. Now I'm not saying he can beat Villapoto, but no one's saying Tickle is either. I just think he's getting horribly overlooked. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with that. He's definitely, but you know, those guys have. They've kind of made their own bed with, with just the, like you mentioned, the bridges they've burned and all the shenanigans in the past. They're not going to get – they're not going to big sponsors and all. You know what I mean? It's, they've kind of forced themselves, painted themselves into this corner where they have to have their own team and kind of do it on their own. Okay. Them against the world. They've I- made that happen. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the RacerX podcast brought to you by BTOsports.com and ThorMX. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget, if you're shopping for something on Amazon.com, click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX and help out this little podcast show. Keep on keeping on. Thanks again for listening. Here's some commercials. Please listen to them. They pay the bills. They sponsor us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOsports.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. 
By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. I have the results. In I just counted the results. 17 yeah. races. Mike scored better in 12 of them. And so. I've scored him by how many points? And outscored him by um, 30, 20, 35 points. 35 points. Yep. That's a lot, dude. They both made all the races. Well, Tickle, yeah, Tickle didn't qualify for one, but yep. Yep, exactly. Right, but they yeah, weren't but hurt. He, yeah, yeah, 35 yeah. points is a lot. Right. Well, I feel like, um, um, I feel like and, I, and I've said this before, I think I said it to Mike Genova himself at Moto Concepts, you know, they, they came out with, we're not getting any help. We're doing our own bikes. We can compete. Check them out. There's no logos. We rule. We got a Moto Concepts bike. Suck it, suck it, suck it, everyone. Uh, we're and like so, all the teams and factories go. Okay, cool. You're on your own. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we yeah. lost Ping. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Mike also gets ruined because his outdoor to Supercross ratio has been so fast. Right. That. He can go out and do as well as he did outdoors this year, and it doesn't have any reflection. Like, when you leave Elsinore and he ends up second in points, no one is like, hmm, this could really be something to build on for Anaheim. Like, right. it's just like, nah, yeah. Supercross means nothing <laughs> for all. Right. Yeah. And don't you feel like, uh, don't you feel like the Genova was saying one thing about the team not needing support and team having awesome bikes and Tony's running the show and everything's awesome and look at Mike, he's great. And then you got another another thing when you talk to Tony. Don't you feel like they oh, had a little bit of mixed so, yeah. messages over there? Yeah, Be, but only because both of them are so big on the messages. Like they both always have something to say. Like there's some teams that really either guy wouldn't really have a statement they want to make, but they've always got a message they want to put out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I mean, so that makes it hard. You know, Mike was the owner. Mike Genova was pissed after, and maybe rightfully so. After he fielded Sipes and Chisholm and 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 got some good results, and then it was just crickets from all the OEMs for support. So he felt, man, maybe justifiably burned. But he's got you got to play that game for a while. Star Racing played the game for five or six years before they got any help. And I can't help but wonder if Genova had just kept going, um, you know, he'd now be on a Yamaha with with some really good support. Um, look at what Yamaha's doing right now, opening the doors up and. You know, he just was a little impatient as far as, you know, getting the results. And then now he's sort of said, we don't need you. And he's hired the Alessis. And this is kind of what he's made for himself and his team. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot blame. They can, they might not believe it, but they cannot blame anyone but themselves, no doubt. When you purposely go out there on a white bike so and say it is not an RMZ, it is an MC450. Like that's what you get. Yeah, like what, like sure. la, like last summer, I, I and I wrote this and I said it. Like, why would Suzuki give you anything? You don't have their logos. You've stated that you don't need their help. That you'll build a better bike. Why would they give you yeah. anything, Tony? They shouldn't. They should say, "Hey, take a look at all these works parts, Tony. Watch us burn them all. <laughs> burning, burning <laughs> works parts. Check it out. You know what I mean? Like, we're just not going to give yeah. you any. I, and I don't blame them. So, nope. Yeah." Teams, I still think Mike, results-wise, is going to do better than people think I this do. year. And I had forgotten it myself. And then I looked at the numbers, and I was like, huh. A lot of guys that he's probably being compared to are thought of as inferior as he actually was ahead of. Right. 
And I have to laugh. I have to laugh my nuts off at the Carmichael thing because, look, look, Ivan Tedesco was on the program. He was shadowing Ricky Carmichael on the same bike, and it didn't happen. Les Smith was down there working away, and 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 you know Les is a great kid, but he's down there working away yeah. with Jeannie, riding there, soaking in the soaking in the info, and, and it didn't happen, and it, or it hasn't happened yet, you know. And by no means, Les does not look like he's going to be a fifteen-time. AMA champion. I feel <laughs> confident in saying that. So, um, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, Shorty didn't turn into some Supercross king working with MC. He you did know, win a race. Nope. He did win a race, yes. Uh, out of a sprinter van, he did win a race. But, you know, I just have to laugh at this stuff. And, and part of it is us, the media, us three idiots, talking, looking for an angle, talking about an angle. But well, can, I, think, right. I think that it, it affects hype, publicity, and the, and, the, and the type of sponsors you can draw a lot more than it does results. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happened here. So, like, can, right. you, I, can you... I think, I think that those two, Alessi and Tickle, might be a fun little battle to watch all year. I think they're going to be very close to one another when the checkered flag drops. Right. Mike probably start ahead of them, uh, work he, his way back a little bit. Tickle probably start crappy, like typically does and work his way forward. Here's, here's something we were talking about. In, oh, no, by the way, and can you imagine, I mean, the, the, the Feld folks had Carmichael riding practice, coming up for opening ceremonies, playing There Goes My Hero. Uh, can you imagine the publicity that the Brock Tickle is going to be under or pressure of being a protege of Carmichael, hand-selected, you know, I can see Ralph now with his Rockwell shimmering on the TV. Ricky, you hand-selected Brock Tickle for your team. You know, I can, I can see that. I can just close my eyes and hear it. But poor, poor Brock Tickle. Anyways. Um, uh, I think that I, I think, I think Ping hit the nail on the head there. I think that's a lot of his hype. I don't think that internally within that team, Carmichael or Tickle themselves, that pressure is there. No, no, no. The way yeah. that people yeah. would think. It's just, yeah, it's just the outsiders are going to think. Right. Like, I think Carmichael's like, hey, we had a budget. We looked at the riders that were available for that price. We thought Brock was a good guy. That's who he went for. But it will be played as, yeah, he looked at right. every rider. Right. He's Carmichael. He could have anyone he wants. No, and even Car- even Hart told me himself, like, we had some things fall through with some name riders that we talked to, and unfortunately yeah. uh, it didn't work out, but uh, we're happy to have Tickle. <laughs> You know, I mean, right, right, yeah. right. But it I mean, not nearly as happy as we would have been to have three or four <laughs> other different riders. But you know, I mean, still kind of happy. Okay, right? pretty hey, happy. Uh, yeah. All three of us can all three of us agree that Justin Barsha will probably win a race. Dude, yeah, I think. I, so. think, I uh, think you're a fool if you say no. Okay, yeah. So I agree. Yeah. So here's something we were talking about in Geneva. Who's the next guy, if there's one, to win a race, to be a first-time race winner? I think the biggest question going into the year, the biggest question, I think you almost know what you're going to get. Yeah, Barsha's going to win a race. No one disagrees. You know that Reed Stewart, Villapoto, Dungey are all going to be good. I think the guy who's going to have the biggest swing up or down is Kennard. I just have no idea where do you put him. We yeah, know the yeah. ceiling is almost as high as anyone else, which you can't say about almost anyone else well, out there. Like he's, I was more thinking like first-time winners. You know what I mean? Like, but, I, but you're on to oh, something. Think- no, but you're on to something. Can he get back? Total question mark. 100%. Right. Yeah. More that you pretty much know where Brayton's peak is or Short's peak or Weimer's peak. I don't know where Canard is at this point. It could be much think, higher than I, those guys. It was. I think of the guys who are going to be lining up who haven't won this year, 
um, aside from uh, Barsha, you got to say it would be Weimer. He would be the next guy. Okay, see, I wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't say that? Maybe it's the ham pizza in Geneva that got that still gets to me. It was good, but I could see Braden wow. doing it. I can. I mean, you know, he he told me himself that that uh, you know the tackier tracks out east before he, he he was better and he challenged Villapoto and I could see Brayton winning. I really could. I, I hope so. Too, Great guy. I would, I would take Weimer ahead. You would? I mean, look, for for Weimer or Brayden to win, there's going to have to be some funky stuff. There's no doubt. Neither one of those guys grabs a whole shot and and speeds away for 20 laps. No chance. See, I'm I'm not convinced Weimer's reached top speed. Okay. I think that each year he gets better and better. He's got, you know, all the right people around him. He's, He's riding with the fastest guy in the sport. Right. Able to... You know, maybe draw from some of that and at least gauge himself with, okay, here's how fast it's possible to go. Here's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he's still moving forward with Brayton. He's kind of as fast as he's going to go. You know what I mean? It's fast. Yeah. Um, I, I think Justin will definitely get podiums this year. But I don't know. I don't know if he can get a I mean, okay. certainly good. Anything's possible. But right. I think it's more likely Weimer sneaks a win than um, him. In regards to Kennard, you know, the, 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 the guys went down to Justin Barsha's house to test the Honda guys, and my, got, my, my sources on the team, guys I talked to on the team, Kennard was a half a second, if that, off of Justin on Justin's track. So he's good. He seems to be right back. Seems to be fine. Okay. Hope so. All right, perfect. Before he got hurt, it's, it's hard to even think back because it's been so long since we've seen him in form. But, you know, you think back to – when he was really on it, he was, right. you know, um, Villapoto level. So, what about uh, anything else? Okay, I got another topic to move to. If you guys want to keep hammering this, we can. But um, pro circuit, six guys. How crazy is that? Dean Wilson, Tyler Rattray, uh, Blake Baggett, Justin Hill, Durham. And Davalos. Um, looks like Mitch and Pro Circuit and Monster aren't taking the Geico, the Geico sort of resurgence uh, laying down here. Yeah, but it's more. I don't think it was a reaction to Geico. I mean, it was just the circumstance they were dealt. They basically signed Davalos because they knew they were losing Wilson, and then they ended up back. Yeah, like, yeah but, I think if yeah, they had been able to keep Dean, they wouldn't have signed Davalos, correct? Yeah, but don't you think? That I think Mitch- even Rattray, I think there was a pretty good chance they thought they were going to lose him. You know, I yeah, think that is a yeah, but, you, but you guys are missing. You guys are missing the acquisition. point. There's no chance that Mitch Payton is 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 reaching to his pockets to to make the Rattray and Wilson thing happen. He had to go to Monster. He had to go to Cowie, and they all had to say, "Let's do it. Let's get these two guys that we thought we lost. Let's get them back." and I think that it's a, it's a case of you know we got to go we're going for it we're all in here. Hey, we, uh, you were a team manager for a little bit. Explain explain that actually at this late in the game because whatever team says is you know if you have a little money left over you don't put it in the bank you find something you spend it on it's racing. So what the insight you had you were a team manager where the heck did they find money in December essentially for two guys who are not going to ride for free that's for sure. 
That's a great question. I mean, I don't know. It's got to be Cali and Monster, and I would say it's more like the Monster. Um, oh, so maybe Mathis, you know, Mathis is right. He's not so stupid after all. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, you always want more. As When I was a manager, I wanted to hire, like, I wanted six guys. You know what I mean? You want the best guys you can get, The mo- you know, you want to go out there and have an impact, but you're definitely limited by budget. So something definitely happened. He, Mitch had to go to somebody when Dean said, hey, guys, so, yeah, about that Jeff Ward thing. Didn't quite work out. I mean, Mitch didn't just go, oh, cool. Well, I'm sure Cali will put, you know. They had to, those guys had to have sat down and go, okay, we can get Dean back. I mean, here's our marquee guy, you know, really. I just I he's I, got I, a better chance to win titles than anybody else. And I think Monster probably sacked up. Cali committed to, okay, well, we'll give you this many more bikes and this. I think if, you know. if, if Mitch, if Mitch, if Mitch doesn't go racing with one guy last summer and wins both Supercross titles, then I don't know if he has a six-man team next year. That's all I'm saying. Maybe not. Like Could it was a perfect storm, you mean? The yeah. perfect heat. Yeah. I Cody so. was both competitive but also outmanned at the same time. Yeah, like, hey, we got just Blake Baggett. Yeah. Uh, we, we barely won the title there, but, I mean, they did win it, and we didn't win either Supercross title. And F that. Check this out. You know? So that's all. I think what's interesting about the Geico and Pro Circuit um, rivalry is that I – correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the way those teams are run internally is completely different. Like, Pro Circuit and, and Mitch and the Pro Circuit brand and everything certainly deserve a lot of the credit. However, it is in many ways a factory Kawasaki um, 250 team. Like, they are actually contracted through Kawasaki, not through Pro Circuit, correct? No, but the Geico guys are contracted through Honda. Yeah, but a lot of the, the inroads that they've made as far as signing those guys early as amateurs, that is a factory connection thing. Um, factory connection and Ziggy went after Kennard. It wasn't Honda going after them, whereas Mitch is fed by Team Green, which is a Kawasaki thing. Right. They're just built a little bit differently. It, it ends up about the same. Yeah, yeah, and I guess the point I'm making is the way they react to each other, it's not – they're not doing the same thing, so maybe they were there to react to each other. It's done a little bit differently. Yeah, that, 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 I, I guess in the end, it's about they both have title sponsors and they both need to win for yeah. those title sponsors. But the way they have to go about it is different. That's a dumb point. My point? Yeah, yeah, that's dumb. They're close. They're they're same same kind of thing. The success of Geico lately has come from what? Beating Mitch Payton's team. From the it's become from them signing the amateur guys before anybody else could get to them. And that was completely done well, by just, Factory Just because Honda doesn't have a team green. But they said, listen, this is what we need to do to make it happen, so we're going to go out there and yeah, make it on it their was, own, whereas Pro Circus is able to say, we'll be ready. we got team green. They'll just hand us guys. But we'll it's be a, good. It's a reactionary thing so, to, to be. But being... you don't think that Honda says, okay, hey, if you guys can go and get Zach Bell and get these young, you know, the Canards and the Barshas, we'll give you more bikes. We'll give you, you know, X amount of more Dollars and parts, so that you can support them. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, sure that, that they have there. to. There's no way Factory yeah. Connections just go, okay, well, we'll take away from our pro team X amount of dollars to give these kids. I, mean, I think much more than, than a lot of these other brands work. Yes, I can't say Honda's not involved at all. That seems impossible. But it is a little bit different structure how it starts. Now, at this level, at the pro level, they probably are run pretty similarly, but we can see that the success Geico has had didn't start there. It started with getting these guys early, 
and that was their idea, and I think it was a lot of their money. It wasn't Honda guys that Honda handed over to Geico. It was guys that Geico got and handed over to themselves. Can we just move on? It's a dumb point. I, I think it's relevant. I think it just shows how hard those teams, the commitment that they're putting in to beat each other. Ping, what about that 6D helmet Geico team's running? Um, it's good. It's, uh, I mean, I say it's good. I haven't ridden with it, but the technology is really cool. It's, um, you know, their, their, their point is look how far bikes have come in the last two decades. Mm -hmm. Look how much tracks have changed in the last two or three decades. You know, we're, we're a long way from a flatbed semi truck with dirt laid over the top of, you know, the trailer Mm -hmm. jumping off that and the stuff cross tracks in the 80s, but the helmets aren't that much different. It's a little bit of foam to cushion by your face, and then the EPS foam that's supposed to absorb energy. So the whole thing was, let's, let's make a helmet that is better, you know, let's take it to the next level, and um, helmets are designed to, now, in the past, they have been designed to protect against, like, massive brain injury. But at a moderate, medium speed crash, which is what most motocross, supercross crashes are, that's not even their goal. Their goal wasn't even to really protect against concussion. It's to keep you alive if you, you know, throw your road bike down at 80 and go into a guardrail. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think it's awesome uh, that a company's finally going, hey, let's address this. And it, they've got this really cool, a lot of cool uh, studies and stuff where um, the when you hit the ground and your, your head rotates, there's nothing to compensate for that in any current helmet. You know, and this thing, if you look at the way it's made, it's two layers of the foam with a little rubber, I don't know what the heck you even call the thing, a little oh, elastomer in yeah, between them yeah, in different dampers. places. Right. So the foam, the two pieces of EPS foam can rotate any direction. And so that actually acts as some um, suspension for your head when it hits the ground and your, your head continues to rotate and the helmet stops. So, really cool technology. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And, the one kicker, uh, so it was a really easy setup of the Geico guys. You know, they saw the, right. the studies on impact testing and all different stuff, and it's clearly an improvement, clearly. And, you know, I asked Rohan and some of the other guys, and it's like, they said it's a comfortable helmet, just like, you know, any other good helmet. Right. It's a little bigger, uh, like, right? It's, 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 it's bigger. It's bigger looking a little bit. Really? It, doesn't, it didn't look oh. like that to me. Okay. Stand there holding it. It looks pretty normal. But uh, the kicker is the price. I mean, they're talking about it coming out at about seven hundred bucks. Yeah. So it's a lot, yeah, for sure. I, I, I've seen a lot of guys comment, "Oh, well, good luck selling that." You know, I'm like, "Well, okay." I mean, it's your head, you know. Right. It's hmm. not like a wrist, you know, that just it heals up and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what? Uh, how much is it worth to you to protect it? Wow. My head, not so much. Your head, I mean, yeah. You go down, you get a cheap little ABC helmet from yeah. Korea, and I'm you're fine. all set. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, what, hey, what about um, Josh Hansen he, on the L&M? No, wait, no, no. He's on the Jeff Ford. No, no, not that either. Um, on the Mike Kranjak team. Is this happening? Do we know, Weege? No, I don't think anybody knows if it's happening, but there's the potential for it to happen, which is probably a surprise to some, because I think everybody's just, oh, L&M's done, doors right. shut. Right. Team's over. Guys are on the street with cardboard signs. Not just Wilson, but yeah. everybody else. Yeah, there's a chance they're not done yet. So then we mostly got Paul Delorier effort with Mike Kranjak going Supercross racing. 
Yeah, because we know that Oscar, the mechanic, is over at right. Reed now. Right. Reed with the uh, – Ping and I were talking on the phone about this yesterday. Does Reed have the strongest team personnel-wise of any team in the pit? Yeah, yeah. It's like a super team, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the salaries are got to be pretty high too, but good for him. You know, we had him on the Pulp Show on Monday, and he commented that, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? It's nice to have all these guys to bounce ideas off of and, and just work for him. So. Was it a surprise yeah. to you? I asked him, I said, man, you got this, you know, incredible collection of mechanics and guys over there with different talents. Um, it almost seems way overstaffed to me. Um, and I said, you know, is this are you is this kind of a hint that you are looking to bring on another guy, maybe like this summer or something, to ride with you? And he was just adamantly said, no, no, not happening. Did that surprise you? Um, I think yeah. Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's a yeah. plan for maybe a little bit further, maybe not this summer, but he wants to the second guy at some point. So I guess it's. Someday we'll be ready whenever we get them. Yeah, yeah, really. Although, you know, if you keep seeing that Team 2-2 on the side of the truck, uh, I don't know where the, uh, this money uh, this money for the other guy is going to be coming, you know? Like, he, he doesn't really have a title, or what seems to be a locked-in yeah. title. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Now, I've heard um, people from, you know, the agency that represents him, they claim that Chad has had offers and he rejects them. He's very selective. No, I mean, that could be true. Yeah, yeah, and he'll reject them because he's like, that's not the image I want, or that's not the brand I want, or how can I make that look cool? It sounds bizarre to me, and they say, yeah, it is bizarre. I mean, we're bringing money to him, and he's saying, no, tell, you're telling us it's weird. <laughs> or is that just what it, is that just what they say? Yeah, they know we've done our part. Yeah, that's who knows? what I wonder. Yeah, who knows? Right. Hard to get a straight answer when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know? Right. Now these guys outside have switched places. Now I have the other guy on my end. I guess they're like they swap it up to, you know, for when the frisbee goes back and forth. Maybe it provides a new challenge. I don't. I don't know. I just hope they don't hit my truck. Um, maybe they work in a casino from midnight to eight a.m. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll maybe give they're that. maybe they're firemen. Yeah, goddamn firemen. Lazy. They are. Yeah. Oh. No, they're there too much to be firemen. Oh well. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, so, what can Hanny do if this works out? I mean, uh, is it uh, is this anything paying to get excited about? I don't know. I, I haven't seen Josh. Who knows? If it's the Josh Hansen that went for Mitch Payton at the start of the year, that would be cool. But if it's Josh Hansen who showed up from uh, like Salt Lake on, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, one thing for sure, it's going to be a stacked class, no doubt. I mean, we say that all year, but and we're going to have a season preview podcast. We're going to do a 451, or we're going to do a 251 at some point when my online editor boss man determines it time. So, I mean, we'll we'll leave a lot of the speculating stuff, and and I want to ask a few questions about some race winner guys in the 250 class, but we can leave that and for that show, but um. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Hanny can pull something together, and if he pulls it together, can he, you know, keep his head in the game and keep on working? I guess. Hey, you mentioned the uh, 250 guys. I think, obviously, at the beginning of the year, everybody's focused on the 450 classes. We always assume at least it's going to be awesome, and we won't need the 250 class to rely on for for good racing. But uh, there's some pressure, I think, for some 250 guys. You know, Wilson was supposed to move up and didn't, and Tomac's dying to get out, and Barsha already is out. 
you know, the doors are starting to open for some other guys to have an opportunity here. So if you're like guys like Bogle or uh, you know, Zach Osborne's got a pretty good opportunity now, uh, Jay Sanderson made some moves toward the front, uh, you got to think Marvin Muskan's got to say, okay, i got to get some wins this yeah, year I now. Think, I think There's some pressure on those guys to get in that void. And, again, maybe it's the, maybe it's the Geneva uh, experience, but I, th- I see Muskan winning for sure. What case yeah, is Roxon going to ride? You may know. Uh, west. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to be West, yeah. He's West. Yeah. yeah, so they're putting him up against Tomac. So you know how that works for Roxon. Tomac's like like the immovable object and the irresistible force. Yet if Roxon doesn't win a bunch of races, people will be like, what's wrong? His he's dad's, his dad's he's gnarly. He parties too much. Yeah, Roxon. No, Tomac's dad is gnarly. Oh, that's uh, true. You want to talk about that? One thing about Roxon, I, I mean, we don't have to hear about this. This arduous plane flight schedule that was driving him crazy last year. Uh, he's on the West, so Kenny, you can just relax and drive to the races for the most part. Uh, he really had a struggle with with the travel. Mentioned it a few times, and and I'm not making fun yeah. of him. And as far as like it's saying yeah, he, you are. I'm saying he made excuses because maybe it really did. I have no idea, but he was not a fan of that travel and made sure people knew that. So. That travel sucks. And he's not used to it. They didn't have to really think where he came from. It was really an yeah. issue like that. Right, right. Yeah, maybe so. Um, anything else, guys? Or are we good? Are we good for a, for a uh, Racer X, BTOsports.com podcast presented by Thor MX? What? Oh, it's presented by Thor. Yeah. BTO Sports title yeah, yeah, yeah. presented yeah. by, wow. Yeah, presented by Thor MX. Wow. Double sponsors. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. We flew around. I think we're good. I'm I'm kind of done talking to you too. Yeah. Oh okay. Oh, all right. Wow. Go, go figure. Uh, Truth bombs being dropped. Uh, that was just a preemptive breakup. You know, just right. to kind of do that for my own self-esteem. All right. Good times, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. And uh, I know we'll all be in touch uh, with each other, literally, lately. Soon. Oh whoa! Wow. Okay. Whoa. See ya. Whoa. See you guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.